0: Welcome to Let's Be Perfectly
1: Queer, a queer podcast creating space to talk about all things queer.
0: My name is Archie.
1: And I'm Katie.
0: And we are your hosts. Questions of how you identify,
1: seeking answers to clarify whether you're (laughs) queen or somewhere in between. Let's be perfectly queer.
0: So what's been happening?
1: I don't think there's really been anything that's been on the top of my head this week.
0: No, well, I did notice when I was editing our most recent episode that I'm wondering if any of the listeners have noticed that I have had a recent t shot because my voice is lowered. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So I wonder if anybody's noticed that. If you have, maybe you can comment on all our posts or on one of our many platforms that we're streaming, but I've noticed it when editing, but I'm just wondering if any listeners out there have noticed that my voice has dropped a little.
1: Do you know, it's funny because I didn't notice, except I think it's because, I mean, I live with you and I hear you every day, so I'm just like, oh, it's your normal because it generally takes at least four to five days to start getting lower again and then you wake up and you're like
0: I sound like Barry White and the thing is as well because usually around my t-shots I'm still at school and I'm still teaching so I kind of talk a lot so then my voice goes quite higher because it's it's easier to talk louder in a higher register so I kind of train my voice to get up a little bit higher to to talk to kids. And shout stuff.
1: out the kids. Not
0: shout at the kids, to <laughs> talk at the kids with a very light loud diaphragm and using my throat and my vocal cords. I've put a lot of um, emphasis on, on trying to get louder. And so during when I have my t shots around work time and not school holidays, my voice doesn't noticeably get as low as it is currently. Interesting fact, though, it has, is we are in week two of school. Anyway, what's this episode about?
1: <laughs> so this episode is on queer imposter syndrome.
0: We had a review on our Apple podcast from, I think it was Folkier, and they wanted us to talk about queer imposter syndrome
1: yeah and it's been an interesting topic to look up I think it has and it's something that I've been aware of but not I guess not had at the forefront of my mind
0: I guess as well I've been aware of it but didn't have the language to explain it
1: yeah that's exactly right now that you said that I'm like yes that pins exactly how I feel teacher talk yeah (laughs) thanks it's welcome. yeah so we're doing queer imposter syndrome this week and it's been a good one to research it's taught me a lot actually not that the others don't i always like learning about things that i don't know a lot about which is i guess a lot learning about everything but no it's been really good and as i've been doing the research on it it's also kind of brought up feelings for myself as well and i'm sure everyone has these feelings but it's it's quite a a good one for self-evaluation i've found
0: yeah, and it's a good one to just recheck how we react to certain people yeah. in the LGBT community and to realise that no one's journey is linear mm. and everybody has the right to go on a very different journey from everybody else.
1: Yeah, it's very true. And it's applicable for all people part of the LGBTQIA plus community. Like it can affect anybody and I'm sure it does affect everybody. I'm sure it does. So queer imposter syndrome... The definition.
0: I was going to say, queer imposter syndrome, what is it?
1: Yeah, exactly. Wait two seconds and I'll tell you. I feel like every single episode it's like, and what's this? And I'm like, I'm about to tell you about this. I know, but it just helps add to the atmosphere. (laughs) (laughs) The atmosphere we create. Yeah, totally. You know it. So imposter syndrome generally is defined as the persistent inability to believe that one's own success is deserved or has been legitimately achieved as a result of one's own effects or skills. So sufferers often get feelings of low self-worth, self-doubt. They feel like, in essence, they're being a fraud. Looking at queer imposter syndrome, it's just how it affects you in this facet of your life. So there's a lot of different causes. Most of them I've branched off into two different stems, it seems like. So the first one being internalised homophobia, and then the second one being heteronormativity. And so... Because there are two big things that I might just unpack a little bit more, and we'll go into other episodes about that. Looking at internalized homophobia, I kind of knew what it was about because, I mean, if you break down the words, yeah. you kind of get what it's about. Get the meaning, yeah. yeah. and heteronormativity as well. I was like, okay, no, I, I understand this too. But the meanings behind them is so much more powerful, and you don't think it's going to generally apply to the queer community because, I mean, we're here for pride and all that kind of stuff, but it really does. So in essence, the definition of internalised homophobia, if you look at homophobia itself, defined by the American Psychological Association, it terms homophobia as dread or fear of a gay man or lesbians associated with prejudice and anger towards them that leads to discrimination in such areas as employment, housing, legal rights, and sometimes to violence. I thought that was a load of shit. Yeah. I'm just like, it doesn't look at the umbrella terms of everything.
0: No. I was like, did you end up going to the Oxford Dictionary?
1: Oh No, I didn't. <laughs> you know what? I purposely did it this week. I was like, you know what? I'll see how I go straying from my uh, general sources. I was
0: waiting. I was yeah. waiting for the Oxford Dictionary definition.
1: But I did find this really brilliant summary from this queer affirming sex therapist called Casey Tanner, who said, internalised homophobia encompasses the thoughts, feelings and behaviours that arise from the beliefs that queerness is bad, wrong sinful or inferior to being straight.
0: That whole definition just sounds a lot better and is a better explanation of what I believe homophobia to be.
1: It's also very interesting when you've got somebody who is evidently has a lot of entrenchment within the queer community to a whole lot of health professional individuals looking at it from the outside. So I feel like even from this perspective, you can see the difference between somebody who's involved with a community and outlooker having in it. The other one I'll just quickly look at, so heteronormativity is the concept that heteronormativity Sexuality is preferred or the normal mode of sexual orientation. So I believe that those two factors are huge. Looking into a lot of the research, it seems that when it comes to queer imposter syndrome, it can be broken down with those two. When you look at the byproducts of that, it's like the stereotypes and stigma behind what it is to be gay or what it is to be queer. Part of that community coming into that is lack of representation or the sensationalizing of queer representation as well mm-hmm. in media and in movies and all that kind of stuff. And, like, just having a conversation about this, if you think – if you look at, like, social media at the moment and what you see about gay – like, so at the moment I've found or maybe it's just because, like, we've got our Insta for our, our podcast but a lot of the things that I see is, like, this is how bisexuals dress or you've got, like, queer thirst traps mm. and that kind of stuff – When I see a lot of it, I feel like it can be very much just put into boxes of what people expect. Queerness to look like, yeah. And I, I, I mean, personally, on my feeds, there's a lot of what a bisexual dress is at. You have the cuffed ankles, you've got the beanie, you've got like, you know, how everyone part of the queer community is just yeah. like, this is how you identify. You have the split, ear, like. This reminds eyebrow. me of
0: the Tumblr era where it was like how to identify a lesbian, and they've got here's the plaid and the jeans, and all this talk is reminding me of back when I first came out into the Perth queer community and how. I lost a large part of myself trying to fit into boxes that people yeah. put me into. And I felt when I was still presenting as female, I felt like I wasn't lesbian enough. I, I didn't dress as quirky enough. I barely ate. I was trying to get skinnier because everybody was like, oh, you're too fat to be, a," which yeah. was so ridiculous. But it's all those kind of stuff that was attached to that queer community of I'm not queer enough to belong in this space. Yeah. which is ridiculous.
1: It's the expectation. Why were you trying to fit those norms?
0: When you'd see those kind of guides, like how to spot a lesbian, how to act like a lesbian, these are the kind of stuff. And then you, you'd you see those kind of stuff on Tumblr and all these pictures and outfits and clothing. And because I didn't necessarily always, always feel comfortable in what they were saying is the lesbian look, in quotation marks, I felt like I wasn't the right fit to be in, it. you know, and now looking back, I wasn't, but you know what I mean? <laughs> like, it, and to be a part of the lesbian group, I felt like I had to change so much of myself st- do stupid stuff, do what people expected and push me into because they knew I was trying to fit in a mould and so they pushed me to do things that made me feel uncomfortable and things that I wasn't really wanting to do but because I wanted to belong.
1: And that's the whole thing is it's keeping up appearances in that way as well. I found a really nice little excerpt from one of these articles saying that it's that comparison. It's trying to fit in in appearance, in identity, specific behaviours, in your advocacy or actions, so being part of queer. Not that this is a bad thing, it's great being part of queer rights you compare yourself in others and being like are you attending rallies are you doing enough for the queer community and then also the association do you have enough queer friends and I think that's a huge thing when I was younger I remember like granted I was uh, surrounded by a lot of queerness that was great in that way but then as going into like university and stuff it's that whole thing is if you don't have like a lot of if you don't have like a gay group around you it's quite hard to be involved or feel belonging and I think there's some ways that I'm going to talk about this later as well. Is that coming into it, and when you start questioning, you're just like, "Where do I belong? Where do I go?" And and if you're starting on this journey of being like, "Well, how can I? How do how can I know how to identify? How can I get into this community?" Because sometimes at the beginning of it, it does feel like a club. I think also a lot of this comes back to. So you obviously grew up with Tumblr. I never grew up with Tumblr. Mm-hmm. So the first things when I started thinking about what. Um, being part of the queer community was it was a lot of representation when it came to TV shows. So I remember the L word and then like the real L word when that came out. And
0: then I, I didn't watch the real L word, I only watched you know? it. So for me, my representation was like queer as folk and watching that kind of stuff. But it was very all about gay men when I was growing up. Yeah. And then the L word came around when I was a bit older and, and I didn't fit those boxes either. So watching yeah. that, I was like, oh, look, I get it. Like, I feel this represents me more than heteronormativity, but it still didn't feel, I still felt like I was playing a role again. Does yeah. that make sense?
1: Also looking at Queer Eye, Queer Eye came out when we were com- growing up as well, which is a great TV show, but all of these people in essence were like characters and they were they were like the even I mean, even in these kind of shows, which are predominantly full of queer community people, they, I don't see the authenticity there. I don't look at it and think that that's an authentic representation of somebody who's queer because, of course, queer people are so expansive because we cover so many different genres. It's sad because I can see that if you're looking at that as a representation of what you should be, it would tell me that I needed to be pretty that I needed to be skinny. skinny that I needed to be either really femme or really masculine and then I need to have this bravado and that if I didn't have that and if I didn't go out there and present myself as a hundred percent queer and yell it from the rooftops that that wasn't going to be acceptable
0: yeah and calling other people out for not being queer enough and then you start to doubt yourself yeah you, am I queer enough to be within this community what More do I have to do? And you start becoming a shell of who you used to be to try to fit into what you think is queer culture.
1: Yeah. Well, that's what queer imposter syndrome is. Mm. If you feel that you're not enough, if you're feeling an imposter in your own life, it leads to, apart from many other things, it leads to lack of belonging. It leads to a depleted self-image, not having certainty in your own orientation or how you want to identify. And in essence, like it can also lead to gender dysmorphia as well because you've got all of these things that are making you feel in a time that you're already questioning and you already have that uncertainty You have no guidance to know where to go because you just don't feel like you fit.
0: And it's quite interesting because with the person who wrote on Apple Podcasts and with our title being Let's Be Perfectly Queer, I think they're kind of asking us, why do we use the title Let's Be Perfectly Queer? Because there's no perfect example of what it is to be queer. And for us, it's not about the perfect example of being queer. It's about Let's Be Clear It's a play on words with our queer knowledge and trying to help others better understand the different parts of the queer community. And if you go back and listen to our previous episode on queer evolution, you'll understand a bit more about why we have used the name.
1: So some factors that affect queer imposter syndrome, we kind of mentioned a couple before. There are so many things that when I think about when I first came out and that was being bisexual and now I identify as pansexual if you've missed every other episode. (laughs) Go
0: back and listen to them all. Yeah,
1: listen to them all. There's many now. But the first kind of things that I was thinking about is if you're questioning and you haven't been with somebody of the opposite sex, does that take away any power of you actually being part of the queer community? No. Exactly.
0: But because of queer imposter syndrome, people feel like if you only have up until this point solely dated one gender, people question... Your queerness. And why do people question it? It's not our place to question someone else's queerness.
1: Yeah. And it's that whole thing of like, is it just a phase? It's your queerness is so fluid. It being just a phase is not anything. It's still part of yourself. It's still a facet of your characteristics as an individual that it really fucks me over. That people can look at you and be like, oh, I mean, she's just doing it for fun. She's just kissing other girls. And I won't lie. I have been privy to that thought in the past and having that friend of being like, I mean, she just kisses girls when she's drunk. But so what? Kissing people's fun.
0: Yeah. Who cares?
1: Yeah, exactly. And
0: if you're looking at phases, right, I I went through an emo phase. And I'm joking, emo isn't a phase, it is a lifestyle. And nobody's just
1: going to say, I'm like, oh honey, you won't put a can of worms there. Nobody
0: has an issue about that. Nobody has an issue when kids go through goth phases and they go through that. They went through the scene phase. Do people give them stuff saying, oh, you're not really seen. You're not really goth. Well, I yeah. don't know. I'm not part of either of the community. But why do we have such a big issue when someone is experimenting and trying to work out where they identify and find themselves within the community and their sexuality? Why are we having a big issue about it?
1: Yeah. Why is there that judgment? And what's bad about it? What's bad about going on a journey? What's bad (laughs) about doing that and like trying different things out? How? Actually, this jumps into my next point, Mm -hmm. because why is it all based around sex? And like we were saying before, it's it, just because you haven't had sex with somebody of the same gender doesn't mean make you any less gay. I saw this great statement, and it's so true, that people who are heterosexual don't have to prove that they're heterosexual by having sex with somebody of the other sex, do they?
0: No, because that's heteronormative. Heteronormi- exactly! Oh, it. Heteronormativity.
1: It's heteronormative. It's fine. You You can use, (laughs) use both. You're great. You're using the words. You're doing a great job. I'm trying. Yeah, I love it. But that's the whole thing. It's heteronormativity. It's being heteronormative. Why do people part of the queer community have everything based on sex? And why does that have to be so sexualized? What was that show we were watching the other day?
0: Oh, I it can't was even remember what it was called. Day.
1: It was all sex. Yeah,
0: so the show itself, I can't remember what it was, and it was, the premise was good, but it was so hypersexualized. it actually made me feel uncomfortable watching it, and I wanted to know what was going to keep happening with these characters and so on, but I couldn't keep watching it knowing that it was just a bit ridiculous. I just I couldn't do it.
1: It's fine if it's got the standard level of sex as you would expect on any TV show but I feel like sometimes that's the only thing that gets pinned down it's that gay men are totally hypersexualized, and also that lesbians take every opportunity they can do to go have sex in a bathroom somewhere I don't want to pigeonhole both yeah. gay men and lesbians yeah. that's literally what it is but that's all I feel like I see mm. and the thing is
0: it happens amongst heterosexual people as well. They do exactly the same thing, but for some reason in the queer community it is hypersexualized, which makes no sense. Talking to some of my heterosexual friends, they've probably had crazier sexual encounters than most of my queer friends, but you don't hear or see it to the same level. Yeah. In the media, if that makes sense.
1: It comes back to that perspective. Well, if that's not the kind of person that I am, am I fitting that mould? Why have we set these stereotypes that are down and we perpetuate these stereotypes in trying to be a certain way? Again, we are humans. We are so complex in what we are and what builds us together that why are we trying to be one thing when there's this whole extent of the rainbow of colours out there of what you can be? It's kind of insane.
0: Yeah. And it's very frustrating. And even if you're looking at things like Instagram, we look at the hashtags and we try to look at what people are doing. And a lot of the hashtags are actually attached with a lot of sexual images. I have lost oh count gosh. of how many times I've had to report sexual. And Honestly, it's there's a the lot of dicks. Yeah, so many. So Honestly, many.
1: and we've been sent so many dicks as well. If you're yeah. out there, please don't. I don't want to see your genitals. I'd love to see your face.
0: Yeah, instead of just because we have queer in our title, please do not send those kind of images to us.
1: It's yeah. not what we want.
0: We, we want Sorry. we want to hear your stories. We want yeah. to get information from you. We don't want to see your body parts.
1: Not that it's not great that you've got body parts, but like any consenting adult, don't send an unsolicited genital It mm-hmm. It is what it is. The other things that I wanted to discuss as well is the idea of gold stars. That mm. pisses me off. I'm like, that does not make you any more of a gay person to be a gold star because you haven't touched a vagina. why, Or is, if you haven't sucked a
0: dick. Why is it a competition? Of how queer you are. We are already a marginalised group within this community. Why are we bringing each other down? Why can't we just support each other and be happy for each other no matter where they fall in the queer rainbow spectrum and just support each other and
1: love? What was that TV show when we were younger that was like, I'm the only gay in the village. And then they used to always be like, there's no other gays and when one other gay comes into the village, they have to fight them out of there. I have no (laughs) 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 idea what you're talking about. It was a British British humour thing.
0: You you know you watch a lot more British humour stuff than i do
1: it's so much funnier um but it was that <laughs> whole thing of i feel like i've watched a lot of things that you could only be the one gay there and it's being part of a minoritized group that you just
0: but that comes down to the tokenistic value of the lgbt community and we're going to talk about that in a future episode
1: also the other things is you've not endured enough trauma that's another token on the poll. it's just yeah. like you're a better gay if you've not touched anyone of the opposite sex and I'm just talking about lesbians and gays and we're going to go into a little bit of trans non-binary as well in a second in asexuals but you've not touched anyone of the opposite sex if you didn't even come out of vagina as a gay man as a c-section that's an extra oh, I thing heard, I heard about I that. know right yeah. exactly I was like okay your poor mum. If you've gone into activism, all those other kinds of things that makes you a better gay is if you're at the end of the day, you're going to get a gold star for being the best gay in the world.
0: There is no award for being the best gay unless you're doing things right through like GLAD and that kind of stuff as you're a proper activist. But why don't we just help you support each other up instead of making it into a competition? Yeah. No Stop.
1: one person's going to solve the issue of homophobia. No. it's or like queerphobia. Yeah.
0: It's been around for a very long time and it's probably going to be around for still a very long time.
1: Gosh, and if one person was going to be, it was going to be Captain Planet and they've eradicated that person. (sighs) Coming into trans and non-binary people, I don't like when it comes to you're not enough. If you pass, it's a great thing for you. But then also people question your queerness
0: but also so everybody's trans journey is different yeah some people take hormones some people don't and that's okay so why are we saying that someone who takes hormones is better value than someone who doesn't because there's a really popular trans singer who hasn't gone on hormones but has had the surgeries and people question their transness like who are you to question someone's transness and where they fit in the queer community and also things like having top surgery and having bottom surgery and having feminine sculpting surgery and masculinization sculpting surgery and all these different parts that make you more trans is no such thing as being more trans yeah if you are trans you are trans that is it
1: that's literally it and when you're non-binary as well if you're non-binary using different pronouns it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to appear or present in a certain way your pronouns are your own pronouns They are not subject to anybody else and you can present in whatever you want to present but people get so caught up in and being like oh you go by they them pronouns but you look like a she yeah and i'm like that doesn't matter That actually doesn't matter because it's got nothing to do with you.
0: Or I've also seen people who were assigned male at birth Mm -hmm. who are non-binary, who still use he, him pronouns, and then some people saying, but you're non-binary. And they are still allowed to use he, him pronouns and be non-binary. Why do you care so much about someone else? Put that effort into something positive rather than trying to bring someone down because you don't understand them.
1: I think also feel like there's a lot of people who are asexual ace out there that get their sexuality questions as well. And like this is where we've talked about gender and sex being a totally different thing and the differences between the two and how – because of course like when you're trans – It doesn't necessarily mean that you're straight or gay. That has nothing determinant to you. That's the difference between gender and sex, all in all. And I find that asexuals get this hard and granted I want to do a lot more research and I want someone to have a chat to me about it. it would be grand because I think it's hard because when it comes to being asexual again asexual it's non-linear there is so many different ways that you can define yourself as being asexual just because you've had sex with somebody in the past doesn't mean that that takes away from you being asexual and there's an expansive self of being aromantic and I need to look into this more but there's a very large difference between sex and romance and how you have in relationships and how you receive love and how you give love and there's so much more to it that I feel like a lot of people when they uh, cut down there they're just like oh no but you're in a normal relationship that doesn't take away from you being asexual and also
0: and what is a normal relationship oh yeah
1: so true so true (laughs) see I feel like this is the whole thing is that queer imposter syndrome comes into it because of all these stereotypes that we put on what you have to be to be queer and every single facet of the letters that we've got in our beautiful community is all these ideas behind how to be each one, what you have to look like, what you have to present as, what your behaviours have to be. I mean, when it comes to mannerisms of gay men, even the other day I was chatting to my mum about this lovely, the guy who used to be on Pack to the Raffers, Hugh Sheridan and how his mannerisms have changed over time and how he now is very open about, I think, his fiance, I, They broke I up. Oh, shame. Yeah. Oh, I'm back in the dark ages. I should probably watch <laughs> some news every now and then. But how now he's openly gay and how his mannerisms have changed changed and it also if you look at it and I was having a good chat to her about it because your mannerisms are always going to change depending on who you spend your time around yes. and it doesn't necessarily mean that it takes away of any other factors of you and it doesn't mean that the the person that you were before was any different there isn't any authenticity to who you were previously unless you are evidently putting on a mask and have not had a conversation with Hugh personally <laughs> so who really knows but there are certain things that are very evident in some queer people that you could be like oh that's when your gaydar goes off but it doesn't mean just because your gaydar is going off that that is representing or disrepresenting that facet any more than anything else yeah it's very frustrating
0: It's one of the negative parts of the queer community is this feeling of that you aren't queer enough and and I'm sure it's also in other parts and in different things like I'm not masculine enough to be a man or I'm I'm sure it's in everything else but it's just a shame that in such a small marginalized community that it's still very prevalent.
1: Yeah, it is. It really is. And I was looking into some ways of how to actually seek help for it. So the first thing, of course, is identifying these thoughts. The thoughts that come into it are self-criticisms and then looking at the self-reflection behind it. And of course, when you start evaluating yourself. It's always good to get the help of a professional because when it comes to self-evaluation, there's so much that we can do for ourselves. But like any other facet of health, you need to source out to people who are professionals to be able to help you to deal with this kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, because sometimes there's a lot to unpack. If you're not prepared for it, it can be quite dangerous. Mm. And so you need to make sure that you have the correct means and the correct resources to be able to unpack something like this.
1: Yeah, because these kind of self-thoughts and thinking that you're a fraud in itself is not individualized to just one. It just doesn't plant this little seed of emotion. It's one leaf of a greater tree that goes down to the roots that are going to be deeply ensourced in your values and how you've grown up and everything that becomes you as a human it's so entrenched in who we are that a lot of the time with these hypercriticalizations of ourselves through self-reflection you can see where they actually go because of course it's all intertwined isn't it so anyway getting help identify the thoughts seek help from people being able to do and i I love this and hate this at the same time because it's like self-affirming mantras (laughs) it sounds so bad but it is so true yeah and then looking at self-care activities that involve self-exploration. I know I've said self a lot in this, but it is all about self. There's nobody else who can actually do this for you. You've got to do it for yourself. And then the last thing is, is being part of the community. Yeah, Getting out there and being part of a community, being part of the queer community, and whether that being on an online basis or a face-to-face basis or attending what you can do within a safe space, it's a good place to be because it shows being part of community means that you aren't alone. And it's when you're alone that these kind of shame goblins, thanks Boné Brown, these kind of shame <laughs> goblins or these kind of negative thoughts can actually block up ourselves. Yeah, and
0: they can fester and they can build yeah, and they can you. they can get worse over yeah. time. There is no such thing as being queer enough. You are welcome within the queer community. You belong and yeah. if anybody tells you no, that's their problem and that's not yours. You need to find the right group and the right community within the community to belong to.
1: Don't let anyone else tell you how valuable you are.
0: I definitely agree with that. And it
1: should not be dependent on other people.
0: You do not have to prove your worth within the community to anybody else but yourself. Yeah. that does not matter about anybody else.
1: It's very true. There's a beautiful thing that I found from this article that says, everyone has a different experience and a different way of expressing who they are as an individual. There is no specific way that anyone straight or a member of the LGBTQIA plus community should act in order to feel validated by that community. I love that. You are accepted.
0: That is a perfect way to sum it all up.
1: If you are feeling like you're struggling with queer imposter syndrome, we're going to put some links down in the show notes because you might find this a little bit triggering. I and this a little a little bit triggering doing research I realized that there were some little shame goblins sitting within me unfortunate but it's we're all there for it we all are human and we have these feelings and looking back at past episodes when I've talked about it, I've been like oh that's where it reared its head a little bit and uh, so you're not alone we're all here together
0: yeah and we all sometimes feel like we're not queer enough and we all sometimes feel that we need to prove ourselves but at the end of the day we really don't need to do that for anybody.
1: Yeah, totally. And if you want to reach out and have a chat to us, please send us an email or a DM. We'd love to talk to you about your experiences with this. Yeah,
0: it's been lovely as well. Uh, the people who have been getting in contact with us, messaging us, the kind words, the DMs about the episodes. It really has been absolutely wonderful reading all your beautiful messages.
1: It's true. And we do also love it when you like put other topics you'd want us to chat about because it's good to learn about. It's a lot of fun yeah. learning together.
0: Because we didn't even think about this. This wasn't even on, a, on the list of something that we would have done. So thank you so much for giving us that recommendation to really look at this topic. So thank you for getting this far and listening all the way through this episode on queer imposter syndrome. And don't
1: forget to rate, review and subscribe.
0: Thank you. Until next time, I hope that we have been
1: perfectly queer.